Aspiration for a complete awakening and for all beings. Namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhasa. Now we carry on from the meal about compassion. Because you asked about compassion? Now it talks about compassion. The last uh, statement from this text I will repeat. Not only that, but when you meet your own true nature, your own true nature, which is your wisdom mind, not you, your wisdom mind, of the self-existing lamp of the wisdom of primordial awareness, Buddha nature. The energy of that, the energy of Buddha nature, will cause the wisdom arising from practice to shine forth and the vastness of understanding will fall everywhere like summer rain. You cannot help it. Everywhere you go, you will bless space by wisdom. You cannot help it. There was uh, 200 years ago in Tibet, a great teacher. His name was Shebkar, Yogi Shebkar. And he was very awakened being. And his name was given to him by common people. He had other Tibetan name, Rangdal. But the local people gave him a name, Shebkar. It means white foot. It means everywhere he went, he made it white. Beautiful name. Hmm? Everywhere he went, he made it loving. He made it good. This is, this, is, this is it. Summer rain. You know summer rain? Warm, beautiful, the sun comes through, you feel so good. So everything is refreshed. Yeah? Emptiness will arise as great compassion. Naturally. True experience of emptiness will arise as compassion. What else is there to do? And that loving compassion, that loving compassion will be without bias. Will be without bias for different people will be without bias because they're Buddhists or compassion for only Christians or compassion for only yoga teachers you know, compassion for only uh, Hindus or Sufis hmm? but, or compassion only for monks compassion for everybody and not even compassion because it's this school or that school, complete compassion. You see the empty nature for all beings, including creatures, including the planet. Not just humans, but all creatures. That's why I like this place. One of the reasons I like this place, because this place is about uh, taking care of the land, taking care of animals, being aware of their life. It's compassion. This is how reality is. What a beautiful statement. It's saying that emptiness is compassion. And that is how reality is. It's very direct. I, I mean, sometimes you teach for a whole week on this. <laughs> and eventually you say, in the end, emptiness is compassion. Oh, okay. For a whole week. But here, right from the beginning. As Shabkar said, Yogi Shabkar in Tibet 200 years ago, he said, he had some students, very good students. They go, went away and they meditated for one year, six months. Caves are close by. Then it snows and they can't see each other for six months. 
After six months in the spring, they come back and they come to Yogi Shabkar and say, I wish to sing you my song of realization. I wish to tell you my meditation experience. Oh, good. Sit down, sit down. <coughs> and they sing a beautiful song of realization of emptiness. Goes, oh, this is good. Beautiful experience. You have realization like I do. Good, good, good. They say, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they're finished, you know. He says, no, 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 no. Something wrong. What? What is wrong? Because they've been sitting and contemplating the empty nature of the universe. He says, where's your compassion? I didn't hear compassion. He said, because you didn't speak of compassion, you don't express compassion, the Dharma's rotten. Go away for one more year and practice compassion day and night. He says, if you don't have compassion, the Dharma is rotten. It's like a rotten fruit. It's not true. It cannot be. This is how reality is. Hence, he says in the text, uh, Palta Rinpoche says in the text, is supported by the meditation which unites understanding and compassion. Knowledge of emptiness is not sufficient. There must be an incredible heart of compassion. And that must often there must be a lot of training for that. So it's not about you. It's about everybody. How can you, how can you sit by when people are lost? And if they want to be helped, how can you not open your heart to help them? Why? Because emptiness does what? It's freedom. So how could you not express freedom? It's natural. It's the most natural thing in the world. Even if you never open your mouth, you're going to express freedom. If you never use a Dharma word, you're still going to express freedom. Someone's going to feel it. Like, as I said, you know, in, over lunch, 20,000 people coming to see the Dalai Lama, he's giving teachings, very high teachings on emptiness. Many of them like this. Or like this. They're going to feel it though. They know something is going on. Something is very, very profound that's going on. When the essential point of this path of the union of emptiness and compassion becomes manifest, when it becomes physically real, becomes physically real. How do you know it's physically real? How do you know that the union is beginning to happen? Something happens to the person. People begin to ask you. Even if you never say anything, they begin to ask you, what is it about you? They'll ask, could you please Teach us or show us what you've learned. That's a good place for, for people who are um, students to come when other people begin to say, could you help me? Could you show me what it is that you've learned? It's good. It begins to manifest. The union of emptiness and compassion becomes manifest when the ocean-like qualities, the ocean-like qualities of the Bodhisattva, which are encompassed by the six paramitas, will arise as natural, as natural radiance, just as with the sun and its rays. You all know the paramitas? Maybe you've forgotten the param six paramitas? Generosity and form. Okay, what are they? No. Generosity? Maybe maybe I could have the the uh, this perfect time for the Statue of Prajnaparamita. The Paramitas. The Paramitas is like the foundation of the entire training. Uh, if you're going to learn something besides the Four Noble Truths of suffering, learn the Paramitas. It's fantastic. Over and over again, learn. What is the exact meaning of Paramita? To cross over. How, what do you need 
to cross over the ocean or the river of suffering. And the Buddha taught the paramitas uh, many different ways, many different times. But the six paramitas are generosity, hmm? no, generosity, ethics, morality, patience, energy, mental concentration, meditation, same thing. And number six, wisdom, insight, penetrative insight. Those, you need the first five for the sixth. If you don't have the first five, the sixth does not arise. Even if you, even if you practice for 100,000 years, yeah, if you don't have those, the wisdom, cannot, wisdom and compassion cannot arise. You can have good knowledge, good intellectual understanding, good scholar, but you need the paramitas to ripen a human being. It will not ripen. just will not. So how does generosity free? What is the, why, is, why does suffering happen? Because of clinging. Because of holding. When you're generous, what happens? You give up holding. It's direct. The moment that you're actually generous, you've let go. But that doesn't mean that giving is generosity. There's a difference. You can give, but not be generous. I give you... I'm giving you the chocolate so that you can give me something in return. Even if I give Andreas the chocolate and I want Andreas to smile, it's not true giving. Because I want to see him feel that he's loved or feel that he's giving back to me. But to give freely is free. You're giving up. You're giving something, giving up of the universe. You're exchanging the universe. Very high teaching. As a matter of fact, you could say that generosity, the practice of generosity, is the complete teaching. Practice generosity, everything comes. Don't practice generosity, nothing comes. It's the case. It's, it's really, the, it's so easy. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy to practice, but it is so straightforward. Hmm? But you can't just give. Because so much giving is given neurotically. is given for other reasons. It must be... So, to practice generosity, to really practice it all day long, uh, works away at the, at the problem areas, you know? You know the, the problem areas. <coughs> you think of what is stopping generosity. What is stopping generosity? Fear. If I give you this, I'll be lacking something. If I give you this, I won't be so happy. If I give you this, you'll have more than me. If I give you this, I won't be so warm or I won't have enough food. Fear, 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 fear. Generosity is fantastic. It opens up everything. Like here, imagine if, if I said to you, let's do an exercise. Say, no. You know, one time, one time we were having supper with my, my teacher, Namjur Rinpoche, in his house. He made a beautiful, I think it was a Persian meal, you know, for a fundraiser. Beautiful Persian meal, 25 people. And he's sitting on his couch, and he's talking. And we have some food, something, some unusual food. I don't remember what it was. Maybe an unusual cheese, maybe gamelost, I don't know. But some unusual cheese, some herring, something very interesting. That, that hardly anybody's ever seen. He said to me, could you go bring it from the kitchen? So I just brought it. And he said, he looked around, he says, this, this woman, on a plate, would you like? Here, try. She went, no! No! I remember this because I was standing right here. She goes, no! What do you mean, no? He goes, just try it. Would you like some? Try it. No, I don't want any. He was like, Wow. No, no generosity. You see? The ability to take in is generous, is generosity. The ability to open your mouth and your mind and your body 
is, this is also generosity. This is very high teaching, right? So people think, ah, oh, paramitas, basic Buddhist teaching, oh, is foundation. It's the foundation of yourselves and your, all your meditation. So no generosity, no meditation. Forget it. You believe me? It's better sometimes to practice generosity for a whole year than to meditate. You do more, better meditation practice if you practice all-day generosity and giving and receiving eat freely. Then meditation flows much easier. Okay? Now, if you have some generosity, but your ethics, you all know the word ethics? Morality? Yeah. Morality? Is, is damaged, is damaging, then there are real problems in awakening. Okay? Because there is fear, there is nervousness, and, well, it can get serious. People want to kill you. <laughs> you go rob banks, uh, then maybe somebody wants to kill you. You steal artwork, someone wants to kill you. Yeah? But even taking chocolate that is not given freely, taking it. Yeah, that's my chocolate. Or you just take it. You know, secretly you come up, and then you come up again. This creates in the mind stream a rough edge, which is very, very difficult then to uh, relax. Hmm? Very difficult to relax. So morality and ethics, relative morality and ethics, relative, is really important to calm out, to open up the being, to take out the rough qualities so the mind can be very clear. It's very hard to do meditation retreats with an unethical being. Really hard. As a matter of fact, uh, one time, many years ago, uh, we had at the Dharma Center of Canada unethical behavior on the property. I stopped teaching until the person was told to go because the entire space uh, was disrupted, including, my, including the students that were studying with me, was disrupted because of um, not-so-good activities. So it can, it can cause real problems. So this is another one. So that's number two. And then patience. Patience is the antidote for anger. If you cannot be, patience, be patient, you cannot actually study. You people, you've got very good patience with me. Very nice, thank you, for being patient with me. Because when you're not patient, you get irritated. You, you get irritated, you get uh, anxious, you get angry because you're not getting what you want, what you want. Let's say I am teaching and Ingrid is getting a lot of things. She's feeling, oh, this is good for me. But Raphael is sitting there going, speak to me, speak to me. You know, I'm not, you see? And not patient. Do you understand? Then the irritation comes up. Now, why is this so important? Because if you don't have a lot of patience, then you cannot stay in a study, in a praxis, in a study for long enough to make it unfold. Do you all follow? You'll never be able to be in long enough to see the gold. You know, it is like taking gold ore, gold ore, and you pound away on the gold ore, and if it gets hard on your hand, you give up. Or let's say you have a table, and the table has to be sanded and stained, protected, and it's really hard work. You go, ah, I'll go do something else. Maybe some year I'll come back. Lack of patience. You'll never see it finished. So patience allows you to have the discipline, the 
perseverance, the determination to stay with something, activity, something, long enough for the fruit on the tree to open. Otherwise, you don't get the fruits. You need a lot of patience. And the opposite of patience is anger, irritation. A being who has high level of irritation does not study long, unless it's neurotic. Now it's different. If it's neurotic, then you'll study all the time for something. You know? You'll always do something because you're getting something out of it. Eventually, it will dry up and you'll be frustrated. The same frustration will come up. Okay? And then energy. When you have generosity, when you have ethics, when you have patience, you have lots of energy. Why? Because you're really interested. Naturally interested. Energy is natural. Available. You see what happened with you, you know, we see what happened when you do these, um, these movements with awareness? Your energy changes, yes? You have to have that enough to be able to concentrate and be able to study. How about people at school? Can you imagine all those kid, children at school who are sitting there and fighting all that energy? Fighting their bodies, fighting the tiredness, fighting the um, twists, people in their offices. How many people are working out here? Not today. It's nice. Germany is great. Or here? It's wonderful. People actually, Sunday, it's off. Lovely. But during the week, people sitting in their offices, energy's not there, right? When the energy's there, three hours goes by, it's like one minute. You, you know that, right, all of you? When the energy's there and the patience is there, three hours, four hours goes by and you go, wow, it's like one minute. No energy, then it's really rough. Have you noticed that? Like maybe today, you know, one hour goes by and your energy's not so good and you go, you sit in front of the teacher like this. And you're yawning. Give me some chocolate. Give me some coffee. Yeah. And when the energy is good, it's easy. It's beautiful. Simple. Okay. With generosity, with ethics, with patience, with energy, meditation is simple. It's natural. Without it, meditation is tough. Tough going. It is. It's tough. Those are the factors. That's called a paramita. Five. Then, with those five, what can happen? Now you have a clear mind, undisturbed. Undisturbed, ah, just like a good pair of glasses. Clear. Big difference. Clear. All of a sudden, I go from like this, out of focus, I put them on, whoa, Claire, it's beautiful. Now you can actually, for hours, investigate mind. Simple, isn't it? Pristine, beautiful, not just so simple, elegant, elegant, elegant teaching. So, Prajnaparamita. This is the tantric symbol. The tantric symbol for Prajnaparamita. The teaching on emptiness. The teaching of the Buddha. The Buddha's teaching on emptiness. Hmm? His great turning of the wheel. His great teaching, a famous teaching on emptiness. The Prajnaparamita Sutta. Hmm? This is the tantric meditation for this. To ripen it, to develop it. And uh, he gave great teaching on Prajnaparamita. And almost all, yeah, all, the tantric teachings of Vajrasattva, Dorje Palmo, Hevadra, Yamantaka, the essence teaching all comes from Prajnaparamita. Beautiful thing to study. Maybe someday I come and I give a week, maybe a week, four or five days, weekend, long weekend, on Prajnaparamita. The Sutra of Pajan Paramita and the Warren Corps. 
Tajeta Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhiswaha. Tajeta Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhiswaha. Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhiswaha. Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhiswaha. Om. Indescribable. Gate. Om Gate. Gate is gate. Gate? G-A-T-E. Gate. Gate. The door that opens both ways. Gate. Openness. Going. Coming. Going. Coming. Hmm? Freedom to come and go. Om Gate Gate. Two Gates. In Sanskrit, Gate Gate means big. <laughs> when you put two words together, the same, it means a lot. Enormous, big, vast. That's the way they used to speak. Gate, gate. Instead of saying gate, a very gate, gate, gate is vast going. Going with freedom. Gate, om, gate, gate, para, beyond. Para, parapsychology, beyond. Om, gate, gate, para, gate, beyond even going. So now we've got going, going, beyond going. Even beyond, further than going. Om gate gate para gate, para sum. Beyond completion, beyond totality. Fantastic. It's speaking complete vastness. Om gate gate para gate, para sum gate. Complete going. Complete total going. Full movement, full freedom. Om gate gate para gate. Parasamgate, bodhi, enlightenment, enlightenment mind, swaha, with blessings. Umgate gate, paragate, parasamgate, bodhi swaha. Umgate gate, paragate, parasamgate, bodhi swaha. Umgate gate, paragate, parasamgate, bodhi swaha. Om gate gate paragate parasangate 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 bodhi swaha. Very essential teaching. Now feel you have permission. If you have not had before, go study Prajnaparamita. Go study, go study, go study. Go practice. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful teaching. Mm. It's such deep teaching Prajnaparamita. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic teaching. Mm. So you see, Parami, what is the work of the Bodhisattva? What is the natural expression of emptiness? What else could you do? Think about it. Just think intellectually. What else could you do if you are experiencing freedom? Generosity, ethics, patience, energy, and concentration and insight. That's what you would do. Everywhere you go, everything you speak about would be that. That is the work of a bodhisattva. Why? Because there's nothing else you can do. What are you going to do? Make the world bad? <laughs> You're going to take everything away and suck up everybody's energy? Right? Um, have bad energy? 
and go walk around the world like this? Yeah, it's a bummer. How can you? It wouldn't even be natural. So he, what he's saying, if I have the so honor to say so, what he's saying is the natural outflow, the natural outcome of realization of the natural mode of the mind is the paramitas. It's the natural expression, like the rays of the sun. It can't be anything else but the rays of the sun, like a warm summer or warm spring shower. It warms the heart. Why? Because it awakens the heart. You meet someone with paramita, your heart awakens. You feel good. You feel maybe frightened even. Oh, what's happening? But you feel something shift in your being. All the tantric yidams, all the tantric meditations are prajnaparamita. They're all manifestations of prajnaparamita. Doesn't matter. Chenrezi, Yamantaka, they're all in the essence. Prajnaparamita. Every one of them is teaching Prajnaparamita. Prajnaparamita. How to cross over. The six paramitas will arise as natural radiance just as with the sun its rays. Because this conduct, you all know conduct? The word conduct? Yeah? Okay, you're all clear on the word conduct? Okay, good. Is connected with the accumulation of merit. Now, merit is an important word. Merit? Merit? Merit, the word merit in Sanskrit is punya. Punya. Pali, P-U-N-N-A. Punya. Or P-U-N-Y-A. Punya. And it's not just punya, it's punya kamma or punya karma. Activity that's powerful. Not a powerful person. Activity that actually leads to goodness and liberation. You want to have a lot of this. All of you. You want to have so much, it's like carrying a bag of gold around. Well, that's heavy. Okay. A credit card, a gold or platinum credit card that has no limit. That's the kind of, that's the kind of merit you want to have, yeah, is the special platinum card, hmm? visa card, that has no limit. There are, there are I know some, uh, one or two people have this, no limit. Doesn't matter, they have no limit. If they want to spend $100,000 on a card, it's not, not, a, not a problem. I once met a man, I, well, for a little while, when I, when I lived in the Arctic, uh, he was like that. He was uh, extremely wealthy, head of a corporation, and he came up to the Arctic to visit. And uh, one day, this is merit, but not Dharma merit, this is merit. He has so much money, he comes up in the jet, and the, the t- there's a town called, um, called uh, Churchill. Often you see the polar bear pictures, Churchill. Northern Canada, and he arrives, he's coming up to Iqaluit to, to meet with me, and he goes to the hotel, and the hotel in the, in the dining room has a big painting, you know, like the scene of the Arctic, big painting, whole wall, and he collects Native American art. He's a collector, very wealthy, he collects it. So he says to the owner of the restaurant, actually to my friend, who asked the owner of the restaurant, my friend was with him, he said, I would like to buy the wall. And they said, no, it's our wall. How much for the wall? He bought the wall of the restaurant, a painted wall. Yeah, he wanted it. He bought it. And then we went to Greenland. He said to me, because they were making a collection of Inuit art, he said to me, we flew over to Greenland, he said, uh, the next day we, we went shopping. No, that night we went shopping. He said, um, you just spend as much as you want. Don't, 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 don't worry. You buy whatever you think is good for the collection of Inuit art. Do not even think. Just, just don't, don't, you, you don't, just whatever you think is best. There's no, there's no limit. No, no limit to what was possible. In the same way, you want no limits to how much 
capacity you have, you carry. And this is called merit. You want to go from the simple green Visa card, maybe limit of $1,000, to greater capacity to give, greater capacity to receive, really, and feel that strength. This is an important psychological characteristic that many people lack. No strength. I don't care if you're poor. You can have strength. You can be the poorest person in the world and have unbelievable strength to do what you want to do. This is, this is so important. So you, when they say you need lots of merit, you need a lot of mental capacity, strength, like oceans, to benefit beings and benefit yourself. You need lots. That's why so many wonkers, 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 strength, strength, build strength, build strength, build strength. Ocean of merit. Because this conduct is connected with the accumulation of merit, this conduct, this way of acting, accumulates strength. It builds strength like piles of gemstones. Whatever you do will be of benefit to others. It's a beautiful statement. Now, whatever you want to do, because the conduct is straight. Do you understand? The conduct is even is in conformity to the six paramitas. Whatever you want to do will automatically benefit others. If you, you know water skiing? Water skiing? Wasser skiing? What's skiing in German? Skiing? Schien? Schiefans? Wasser Schien. If you want to go water skiing, it benefits hundreds of people. If you want to go to a fancy restaurant and eat for five hours, it will benefit People. It, whatever your mind wants to do, it cannot help but benefit. If you want to go drink wine, it will benefit. Do you know what I mean? It will do something for people and they'll actually feel uh, a greater capacity because of it. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. Drinking wine, the act of drinking wine. Maybe you go to a cafe and you drink wine and you spread that good feeling and that quality, that mindfulness, that generosity, all those good qualities and all the people around the room can feel it. And they go, wow, I feel good. That's blessing. That's blessing. It doesn't matter what you do anymore. You see? Do you understand? The conduct doesn't matter anymore what you do. It's going to be of natural benefit to people. They'll feel it. Maybe they don't feel it, but they just walk away going, whoa. Or not. Well, very simple. When the conduct gets straightened out, the natural outpouring is it benefits people. Whether you teach, whether you are therapist, whether you are a business person, whether you are a mother, a father, a meditator, it doesn't matter anymore. It will simply benefit beings because the conduct, the paramita, is so strong. It's simple. Manifestation. Will be of benefit to others and thus the highest view will help you not to err into working for just your own peace and happiness. The highest view, the view of vastness, will correct the feeling, which is very, very deep, that you have to work out you. You don't have to work out you. Compassion is a higher way of working out what you need to do. As a matter of fact, for many people who are practicing Buddha Dharma, maybe they should stop meditating so much and be and do acts of compassion. Help them. Maybe uh, work in a um, drug rehabilitation center. Why? Because it's an act of compassion, which is the paramitas. Build strength. Build strength. Yeah. 
What is the normal, common tendency of the human being is to go, what is, you know this uh, expression, in the, especially in North America, what's in it for me? I like this joke, you know, sometimes I teach a class, I look around the room and say, okay, how come nobody said, what's in it for me? I've been teaching about generosity and uh, compassion. You should actually get the hand up going, well, what about me? And what about me being happy? Stop talking about them. How about me? Right? What am I going to do now? Is it? Is that on anybody's mind? Yeah. But you see, you don't have to. You aren't you. You just think you're you. You're so convinced that there is a you to liberate, there is no you to liberate. There's no you to liberate. You think you've got to work through all the psychological stuff that you've stored up? You do not. You need to build merit by sharing, by doing things with other people, for other people, and then what? See that you is a fabrication. When you meditate, when you do tantric meditations, any tantric, remember I said this before, last week, last weekend, any tantric meditation is you are the Yadam blessing and benefiting all beings. That's the practice. The minute, the second that you can't do that, it goes stale, flat. Then you're going like this. It goes from like this. For all beings, Omani pay me hong, Omani pay me hong, Omani pay me hong. And then to this, Omani pay me hong. Omani pay me hong, flat. Why is it flat? No energy? Because you're trying to fix you. All tantric practice is not trying to fix you. You are the Buddha, the Bodhisattva in action, practicing and benefiting all beings. High teaching. Fast, 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 fast. Do you ever get, do you ever get sick of you? Ever get that feeling like kind of sick of thinking about you? You don't have to think about you. There is no you. I think we're going to find, I think this is going to happen in science, that they're going, someone's going to publish, you know these statements, you only use 10% of your brain? Someone's going to come up, a famous scientist is going to say, you are about half a percent of you. It's going to be startling. People are going to walk, oh my God. You, when we add it up, when we add up the facts, you are about half a percentage of you. The rest is not you. The rest is a community of other beings and other creatures that are much bigger and vaster than you. You are trying to hold on to a little tiny piece of you and screaming the whole way. Why would, you be, why would you do selfish things? Because you're trying to be happy. What would be more, what's, what can be happier than sitting all day, standing, walking, and actually praying and blessing and spreading good, good happiness to other people? Omani pay me hong, omani nothing more beautiful in the world. Why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Or why wouldn't you, let's say you go shopping for croissant. Why don't you think of buying croissants for everybody? Or why don't you think about uh, what these croissants... You know, when you go in, you buy croissants. I'm going to go in and buy some pastries. Yes? I am going in to get pastries from them for me. How about this? Should I give you a novel idea? Novel, new idea? Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy pastries for the people that sell the pastries. I don't need the pastries. 
Most of the time, I don't need a coffee. It's just good to go to places to share warmth and a smile. You know, one time, a few years, many years ago, we were in Africa, Mozambique, with a friend of mine. And we drive down 600 kilometers, up 600 kilometers, back 600 kilometers, from Maputo up to uh, Inhambe. This is a country just experienced finished civil war. And we loved to be in the, in the uh, Jeep and just smile at people. And they go, just to have a smile. You know, we could have flown up. But you, fly, you drive the car so that everybody you see you greet with a smile. Is that so hard? When you go for a coffee, what are you going for? Are you going for your coffee? Go for the people in the cafe. Support them financially. Hmm? Go around to different cafes and support them financially and give them a smile. Give them some warmth. Give them some interest. Be concentrated. Not for you. You don't need the coffee. You don't need the croissant. Not really. Do it for them. Do it for the people around you. Do it for people that you invite for coffee. Would you like to come for coffee? Let's go and smile at people. Let's go and be in a good state. Let's go and have good conversation. Let us be in good cheer and be friendly. That benefits thousands of people. What's more natural? Let's go to a cafe. I'm going to have a coffee and I'm going to be miserable for everybody. Have you ever smiled at somebody? Just smiled? Maybe someone is a business person behind the cashier and you just smile and they just go, Someone gave me a smile. Ever ask somebody, you know, someone's behind the cash register, the cash machine, they go, They're like this. You say, Hi, how are you doing? And they go, Are you having a nice day? And then you make a joke. You say something interesting. You smile. You find someone and they light up. You know why? Because they're experiencing kindness. Eventually, you do things for self, but they're for everybody. You can't make a separation between what you do for yourself and what you do for everybody else. Why? Because you do things not even out of compassion. You do things just because they support people. Does it take so much? Tell me. Now, see, this is, this I cannot even conceive. Does it take more energy to be in a bad state, unkind, or kind? Which one takes less energy? Unkind. Oh, more or less? Less. Less. Why? It's effortless. But you know why? Physiologically, it takes less energy to be kind than it does to be unkind and to be in a bad state. It takes way more energy. Neurophysiologically. It takes more muscles in the face. It takes far less muscles in the face and less energy to have a beautiful smile on your face than it does to be like this. That's a lot of work. And it uses a lot of brain power. And when you're in a happy state, there's less energy required to run the machinery of the body. It's natural. If it, How can I recognize it? I give, I give something to because I would like to do it. Uh, but sometimes I think um, there must be a reason why I do it. Understand? It's yes. So, so you can learn to give spontaneously. Hmm? But then you must, if you're wise, when you bring generosity and wisdom together like this, then the question, the insight is, does this activity lead to more freedom? Or is it a waste of energy? So you may give to people who 
You know the word squander in English? Squander? Mm -hmm. Waste. Waste that energy. Waste that precious energy. Why bother? There are many people and creatures and situations that could benefit by the generosity. This is uh, wisdom and generosity like this. But first, you just have to learn to give. <laughs> you know? Just go down the street and give money. You know? Then eventually you get to see this person could benefit, this person will just squander. This one will go buy more drugs, this one will actually go buy maybe some food. Sometimes in Vancouver, because we have people who are on the street near, well, we've, we don't live there anymore, but the apartment, just to yesterday. Yes, yesterday we gave it up. But there are people, and we enjoy going down the street and either giving money, but often, um, Lynn and I, we give food. We go to the restaurant, and we take the leftover food, and we give uh, the pizza or the lamb leftover to a person on the street. Because the money may go for drugs, so we give them a good meal. Or we make something at home, we bring it down, and we have a big, like uh, Christmas time, a big uh, um, ham, and we sliced it all up, made packages, and every we just keep giving it away, giving it away, giving it away. People are very happy. Oh, thank you. A warm, beautiful meal. So, Generosity must start by giving. <laughs> and then eventually, is it wise, generosity? You don't get anything in return, but then you begin to see that the effect is really good. How do you know? Because you can actually see the effect of it. It's very, 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 very good. Most powerful thing. Very, very powerful. If you have uh, gems and wealth, Give it where it works. Hmm? It's very good. Give it where it's going to work. Oh, soon we are going to do this next exercise. Oh, good. There is nothing better. There is nothing better than the result of the essential point of this path, of the indestructible essence of the Buddha. Nothing could be better. Do you believe that? Maybe yes, maybe no. I can't think of anything better. Nothing more higher human principle, non-human principle, than to be a compassionate, awake being. The pinnacle of all vehicles. Hence, he says in the text, what is pinnacle? Oh, pinnacle, the very top of the mountain. The very top. On a good cappuccino, the top layer of the foam. <laughs> no, pinnacle means the top, the very top of the mountain, the very highest, the peak. The pinnacle of all the vehicles. And then he says, he quotes, they could not find a better teaching than this. The meaning expressed in this instruction is definitely the heart of the lineage esoteric teachings. However, the few words that express this meaning here should also rise as the energy of awareness. He's saying, this is good teaching, yes, but I'd rather it rise and you see it as the energy of awareness. He's saying, this is the heart of all the teachings, but don't take it just as a teaching. Take it to heart, which means see it, that this teaching is the energy of your awareness. This is so direct. If you tomorrow or today started to meditate on the energy of your awareness, do you hear this again? I'll, I'll repeat it many times so it will go in there and you'll eventually it will come up. The energy of your awareness is vast. When you're tired, ever been very sleepy? Really sleepy? It's full of energy. It's like a big storehouse of energy when you're tired. If you have the strength to go right into the energy of the tiredness, you'll wake right out. I've done this many times. I've practiced this over and over again. Try it. 
if you are very sleepy, I talk for five or six hours, and you are like this. And you then look right at the awareness. You will wake up like that. Why? Because all the channels will open. Boom. You want to know how fast it is? Like this. Full energy. That's how fast. You can go from... Have you seen this with people? Fully tired to... I used to do that in the Arctic. The students in the Arctic, they would drink Coca-Cola for breakfast. Standard. Standard breakfast, Coca-Cola. You sleep, you go to sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning. Then you have breakfast uh, at uh, 7 o'clock to get the bus to school with Coca-Cola. And then you come for class. And 10 o'clock, what happens? Like this. So I did experiments. And I would say things like I did to you. you know, we're sitting in a class near the airport. And I go like this suddenly. Their, their heads are like this, eh? I go, oh, oh, oh my, the airport's right down there. Oh my God, there's a 747, it's coming, it's coming right at us. And they all go, what? I said, gotcha. Just like that. I used to do that over and over again, catch them. I always figure another way, eh? Look, look, look. And they go, what? Or look, uh, uh, Joe is coming in on the snowmobile with, uh, I think it's fresh caribou. What? Just like that. Not because there's, but, but you can all do that. All of a sudden, boom, the energy is like this. You know why? Because awareness is full of energy. It never goes. It never goes. It's vast energy you have. This is where you get the union of prana and mind. Once you know through direct experience the union of energy and mind, you have tremendous energy. Why? Even when you're tired, you have energy. Why? Because the mind is vastly bright and energetic. Even if you are tired, the mind never sleeps. Never. But at the same time, you also have to sleep from... from uh... You sleep. Does the mind sleep? That's what you have to find out. Why don't you do this? Shall I try an experiment? Try falling asleep with full awareness. Have you tried this meditation? Meditation on the clear light of sleep. You fall asleep. Usually you have to be in retreat. <laughs> you fall asleep and you follow with awareness the experience of falling asleep. And you're going to find, at some point, that if your awareness is very bright and very sharp, you're going to fall asleep and then back out of it. It's like hitting a wall of energy. Whomp! This is the problem with this meditation, is that when you practice, you generally wake up at night. You just keep waking up. Until you can go right through into sleep, consciously. But often what happens is you fall asleep, and your awareness is so good, as you fall asleep, that you hit this vast pool of energy, of concentration, wow, you're back out and you go, whoa, that's good. That's why you could do 22, 23 hours of meditation a day. Why? When you lay down at night, like this, aware, you go, good, <laughs> and you're back up. <laughs> really, I'm serious. You have so much energy, it just needs to get straightened out. Think about it. When you fall asleep, does your mind die? Can we... Oh, okay, next meditation. You're not going to like this one. You are not going to like this meditation. Set your alarm clock. Maybe if you go to bed at 11 o'clock, you set your alarm clock at 1.30 in the morning. So you wake up in sleep. And you want to find the spot in deep sleep, where you wake up and you will see how much energy is there. There's so much energy. The mind is full of clear, bright energy. Find it. And this is what we mean 
when we say we look at cognition, we look at pristine awareness, and you will discover clear energy, pristine, abundant energy. Let's go find that. I'm going to end there for now. And I want to change the energies by showing you something so simple. Okay? Good. Let's do that. We're going to show you the commando crawl. <laughs>